believe in just-in-time human intervention. And so virtual has enabled that. And what we're able to see is, is that consumers that are comfortable in the environment with, by which they're transacting, uh, they will pay more. And so performance is better. This is Full Throttle, the Presidio Group's automotive industry podcast. I'm your host, Jason Stein, Presidio's marketing and communications advisor and host of SiriusXM's Cars and Culture on Business Channel 132. On a monthly basis, Full Throttle serves as the industry's meeting point for great conversations with leaders across the automotive world. On this month's episode, the finance and insurance department is changing rapidly in the retail world as technology helps dealers chart a whole new course for that end of the deal. So what does the future of F&I look like? And more broadly, what does digitization mean in this brave new space? On today's show, newly named JM&A president Scott Gunnell takes us on a journey into the next wave of F&I. Long gone are the days of checking F&I boxes in a closed office space with high pressure sales and an uncomfortable customer experience. F&I isn't going virtual, it's gone virtual. And literally, it's like nothing the customer has experienced before. And that's all part of an increasing trend of digitization in the retail space that is moving at an unprecedented clip. You can credit COVID for the changes, but you can also look to progressive companies and assertive dealers who want to get ahead of the tech transition. So what does the world look like in a virtual F&I world, as well as an increasingly digitized experience? What sort of training will be required at the dealer level? And where are the biggest strides that can be made? JM&A is leading the trend to a more advanced process, and leading the way for them is Scott Gunnell, their newly named president. Scott was a guest speaker at the recent Presidio Annual Conference in Dallas, where he shared his vision of the changing consumer and the changing process in F&I. Today, he expands on those notions and paints a picture of the future of what's to come. Hang on, this isn't your father's F&I. Today, on Full Throttle. Hi, I'm Scott Gunnell, and this is Presidio's Full Throttle Podcast. Wonderful to have you on the program, especially on such a momentous occasion. Scott Gunnell, you have been promoted to president of JM&A Group. First of all, congratulations. Thanks. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it. Thank you. What does that mean for JM&A? What, what is on your to-do list? And I know it's early here, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you have things and, and a direction that you want to take JM&A Group. But as president, what is, what is on your uh, to-do list going forward? You know, Jason, uh, my to-do list is pretty long, as you can imagine, and and hopefully in the near future I could settle into some prior some greater priorities within the to-do list. But I would, I would start with dealer centricity. A uh, big part of our focus is looking out into the future, three, four, five, seven, ten years out. How can we bring more value to our dealers? And as the you know the transition of landscape and automotive, which you know we will talk about today is what role can we play? And we're looking to play a greater role than we have been playing. And we believe that role will look different. Uh, we'll continue to support core F&I, but as F&I has left the box, the proverbial box, there's more we can do to help dealers transition in the future. So that's that's probably numero uno on my to-do list. Uh, beyond that, we're making a inf big investment in our infrastructure here. Uh, we've been on a legacy mainframe technology for a long time. We're moving to a SaaS platform, which is going to give us a lot of flexibility in customizing what we do from our product set and really preparing to create a more efficient dealer-centric environment. Uh, so that's a big one. And I would say the third one is, is just continuing to upskill our, our associates and primarily our field team to be more consultative, you know, is, is teaching 
our teams to ask more questions, you know, listen more and really provide authentic solutions to our dealers because each dealer is different. The way they operate, the way they function is different. So really tailoring the needs of the dealer and empowering our associates to have the skill sets to create authentic solutions that benefit the dealer. I would say those are the top three uh, for my focus. Well, you mentioned the changing consumer. And of course, this was the the highlight of of what we talked about when we were in Dallas at uh, Presidio's annual uh, retail event where JMA was uh, the host sponsor. And part of the changing consumer involves changing approaches to digitization in the auto industry. And when I say that, what comes to mind in 2023? Where is JMA on digitization? You know, I would say we're well on the journey. Um, you know, JMA really invented virtual F&I uh, back in, in 2017. And you know, sometimes it, maybe it's better to be lucky than good, but we no one could have foreshadowed COVID. But COVID was certainly a a big hindrance or big, I'm sorry, enabler of growth for that matter for us. Mm-hmm. And so today we've done 26,000 virtual deals. Uh, we are seeing, you know, performance better in the different capacities. We do virtual and really, Jason, by definition, just for the audience, virtual means that the consumer and the dealer personnel are not in the same physical location. The dealer personnel could, in fact, be a dealership's employee or an associate of j and So it just depends, but they're not in the same physical location. So we believe in just-in-time human intervention. And so virtual has enabled that. And what we're able to see is, is that consumers that are comfortable in the environment with by which they're transacting, uh, they will pay more. And so performance is better. Um, so from a JMA perspective, we're we're certainly excited about that. I think from an overall industry perspective, you know, there's the, a lot of progress been, has been made, but there's a lot of progress left to be made. And and specifically, it's a, around readiness. And looking at the dealership's digital environment and physical environment and how ready are those uh, solutions to meet the customer where they are in a true omni-channel buying uh, situation. And we have a lot of data. Uh, we, have, we have the benefit of having large customers that span you know, states and, and franchises and heavy and used and, and a lot new for that matter. And what we see is, is that you know, the majority of customers uh, still are coming to the dealership to pick up the vehicle. And so, you know, one of our large customers that's very digitally centric and savvy, um, you know, the customer has the option and 88% of them still go to a physical location. Um, and so with that, it, the dealers have to understand and continue to focus on where they pick the customer up in the process and making sure that's a seamless transition, both in store and out of store for that matter. So in many ways, you're just exactly meeting the customer wherever they sit in the spectrum. Totally. Because I, as you said, 88% still want to have some physical interaction involved there. So now we just have a menu of things where the dealer can approach at, at a very different level, uh, depending on the level that their customer comes in at. Uh, absolutely, Jason. It is. It's just, it's a, it's an authentic tailored transaction that each customer is going to walk down a different journey. Right. And the question that we're asking ourselves and the dealers for that matter is, is that do you have the capability to allow the consumer to walk down the journey they want to walk down? Are you optimizing that journey to be better than an alternative option that somebody else could be offering? And how ready are your teams to embrace the consumer on that journey? 
You mentioned COVID. How did JMA pivot during COVID to make sure you were helping dealers meet the changing customer behaviors? You know, we we ran hard, I would say in a couple of ways. One was our training. We introduced and we we did it, we did we called freemium training for the industry. So we took, we have uh, the benefit of having a lot of virtual training, as a lot of folks do. And so we opened up our playbook to anybody that wanted to take advantage of training on how to skill dealership associates to be prepared in you know, dealing with virtual transactions. Uh, we ramped up our virtual F&I efforts dramatically uh, and really teaching dealers as quickly as we could both how to enable their staff to do it and us uh, providing more resources to do it. Um, we are field team. So we quickly assimilated a lot of virtual engagement strategies to still drive performance with the staff at the dealership level. And so, you know, from in many cases, we weren't allowed in stores for months at a time just due to the protocols in the local markets that existed. And so it was, how do we replicate what we do in person um, uh, in a virtual environment? And fortunately for us, those things have stuck. Now, certainly we, we certainly promote and prefer, as do the dealers being physically in person when we're supporting our accounts, uh, but there's a lot we can get done when we're not there. And it keeps the, it really keeps the follow through taking place with the activities and what we support value at the dealer level. So with all of the incredible amounts of investment in technology over the years, is the focus more on the efficiency of personnel, as you just said, you know, your, your associates? Or is it on improving the customer experience? Or is it a fine line between the two? I would say yes. Uh, yeah. It's both. All the so above. I, we're, we're a firm believer that the consumer experience is the North Star. That's the driving factor as a competitive advantage that it comes to business in today's world. Any good business person has to drive efficiency into their business. And so when you can couple the two strategies together and you get the benefit of both, that's a win for us and a win for the dealer. And so what, what our North Star is, is how do we do both? And yes, ultimately, as an example with virtual F&I, we see virtual F&I managers able to do nearly twice as many deals on a monthly basis than a traditional F&I manager. Now, there's some accommodations that have to take place because there's still administrative work that has to happen at the store level. But these virtual associates, because they get so comfortable and proficient in transacting in a virtual way, and uh, they are able to just deal with a revenue generation portion of the transaction, we can do a deal in 18 minutes and we can do a lot more of them. So that creates, now you're creating efficiency at the dealer level where you're, you have F&I managers that are working for the group, not for the store. And that's, you know, drives margin in their business. Uh, so it's a big focus of ours, but we also believe, and we have data to prove that when you give the customer the ability to authentically purchase, um, they will purchase more than what we would otherwise have sold them. And look, not everything's matter of fact and every situation is exactly the same. And there's examples where, yes, the consumer probably did purchase more at the store level because there was a human involved. And we agree with that. That's why we're trying to say, how do we get humans involved just in time to make sure that we optimize the transaction in a customer-centric manner? And has the dealer mindset, in your opinion, begun to shift with respect to technology investments and the potential benefits? In other words, has the dealer... Scott said, okay, with this technology, now I can understand the possibilities. Or is there still a bit of a holdback? I would say it's 
Yes. Yes to both. I think we're, we're definitely seeing more dealers be very open-minded around it. And, and we're seeing some apprehension and some of the apprehension probably is not necessarily due to the nature of the technology. It might be just due to the nature of times where we're seeing cost of funds increase. We're starting to see front end margins come down. Uh, we're starting to see F and I performance come down and, and naturally that creates an emotional re- reaction where you're trying to just hold firm and understand what's the best next move to make. So I think some of the resistance has probably come from that. Um, but, Definitely seeing a certainly a stronger appetite for dealers and more movement happening uh, with te- different technologies, different transaction types. I do think that as the world settles in to where we are today, you know, mix of some manufacturers having inventory, some not, you know, cost of funds, inventory sourcing on the used car side. I do think, and and a lot of, there's a lot of investment being made in the space right now. We talked about the Presidio conference. I was on stage with several innovators. I think the combination of those things will continue to drive adoption at the dealer level uh, as we see new technologies embraced and new, you know, forms of transaction for, or transaction uh, enablement for the consumers. JMA obviously provides training to dealers throughout the industry. In what ways have you seen training change in deployment and maybe even in content? So I would say from a deployment is is the virtual capabilities. And virtual is, there's two types. There's synchronous and asynchronous. Synchronous, you have an instructor. Asynchronous, you lead yourself. What we've been able to do is take like our file certification, which is basically our legal and ethical standards. And we've made that all asynchronous. So uh, dealership personnel can become certified on their own accord. They don't need a human to be involved. So we're seeing efficiency gain where we're able to train topics without needing a physical instructor involved. And we're seeing our adoption continue to ramp up with that. Um, with the F&I or the, sorry, the new safeguards rule coming on in June, you know, we've seen a lot of focus at compliance across the dealership. And a lot of that compliance can be done virtually, and which is great because it's a savings. From a content perspective, we are seeing just it, it, the enablement of a more consultative sale, of a more authentic sale uh, being the focus from our training perspective. So really teaching uh humans, how to better engage with humans and understanding different profiles of, of people. And um, last year, as an example, we brought in a third-party ad agency to really study F&I through our lens. And what we established was three different profiles of consumers. And so, so now starting to educate the dealership personnel around those profiles and each each profile, listen, you could boil the three profiles down to sub-profiles, but we're just trying to simplify it. Um, teaching the FNI personnel on how to engage different profiles, different types of people. And I'd say the final thing is just the embracing, the embracing of digital technologies. And so, you know, how does an FNI or how do FNI personnel engage the consumer where they are? And by asking questions to understand where they are, or by seeking more information at the store level around the digital journey they've been on uh, to help them to authenticate the transaction based on where the consumer is. So if we look a little further down the road with the advent of virtual F&I, as you discussed, how will that F&I process change in relation to the customer journey? And maybe what does the F&I box of the future really look like? I think it'll continue to change in a, in a few ways. One, I think that the advent of re- digital retailing, modern retailing with more technology is going to continue to penetrate deeper. So in my opinion, what that yields to is the consumer doing more of the transaction on their own. Uh, so I think there's there's that piece. I think what's going to change for, I think F&I personnel are still going to be around. 
I just think the engagement is going to look different. And so I think you're going to find more scale at the dealership level. Again, the, where we talked about being able to do more deals per person. Um, and I think it's going to require different skill sets, more customer centric skill sets that you're going to need to embrace the consumer based on the journey they are. An F&I manager has to quickly develop a relationship with a customer and we have to teach how do you do that in a digital enabled way uh, when you might not have all the information about the journey that the consumer's on. So I think that will continue to evolve. Then I just think that the overall technique in, because you know, F&I managers are responsible for compliance, they're responsible for lending, they're responsible for you know the revenue generation of the product sales, they're responsible for educating the consumer. Each one of those threads is evolving. So lenders are making it easier to submit applications. And most lenders today, the majority of their deals are auto-approved. Auto-funding that you're seeing, e-contracting. There's been stories uh, in the automotive press about e-contracting recently. So as all those technologies continue to adopt, it's going to create an adoption thread for the dealership. Um, and and so I, I think that's going to continue to be a focus in the future. So finally, if we go a year forward in your presidency, what organizational changes will JMA have made internally to help that focus on virtual F&I? So we are, we're continuing to expand the team, um, first of all. Second of all, we're, we're continuing to expand the technology. Uh, we've really pieced together the technology today. And so what we're looking at is, is there a way to uh, create a single source of technology that can do all of the functions with, within virtual F&I? So I think that will be the case. I think broader awareness to the dealer population. So, I mean, right now, the Presidio Conference, as an example, um, we've had two follow-up discussions with dealer customers that were in the room about virtual as a result of that conference. So the more that, you know, we continue to penetrate and the more that we have, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we did 20, we've done 26,000 deals that starts to get people's attention. Uh, and, and, you know, I could share examples of dealership groups that are up $300 year over year comparing virtual to the traditional in-store. Um, and so there's just as more success use cases get out there, I think we'll continue to see adoption. So it's a marketing focus. It's a personnel focus. It's a technology focus for us. Uh, a year from now, you will see the 26,000 number dramatically increase from where it is. Um, if I have my druthers, I guess. <laughs> well, he's sitting in the president's seat. He he shared his thoughts on our stage at the uh, Presidio annual uh, retail conference in Dallas. Thank you for being part of that event. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on this stage today, Scott. And congratulations on being named president now of JMA. Jason, thank you. Thank you for being a voice of curiosity in the auto space and bringing cool people together, not necessarily myself, but just in your <laughs> podcast in general, uh, to talk about these topics because I, you know, we, we're pretty simple minded, you know, and I, I share this at the Presidio Conference. It's the ABCDs, always be collecting data, always be connecting dots with people. And so that's just, we're, we're very curious and bullish about the future. So thanks for the time. Well, thanks for sharing your curiosity with us as well here today. Thank you, Scott. Thanks to my guest, Scott Gunnell, president of JMA, and thanks for listening to Full Throttle. Come back to us soon for another interview on this platform. And suggestions? Email me at jstein at thepresidiogroup.com. And to learn more about the Presidio Group, go to our website, thepresidiogroup.com, or follow us on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>